You are listening to Uninterrupted, a podcast with Crystal Farmer Seagar and Saturn Chabot. Hey, everyone, you are listening to Uninterrupted, and I'm one of your hosts, Crystal Seagart. What's up, y'all? And I'm Saturn Chabong. And today, child, we have tea. <laughs> we got tea. We want to take a brief pause from the series that we have been doing, Dating While Black, um, because a lot of things have been coming to light, and Crystal and I feel as though we really need to address these things um, because it's really serious. It's a part of our community and it's something that we both feel we need to acknowledge. So please hold on tight because this is about to be a crazy ass ride. Okay. Oh, y'all. I mean, where do we even start? We were, we and Saturn have been, as she just said, doing this Dating While Black series and uh, we've been enjoying it. We've had really, really great guests, and we've had we got some really good content too coming up in September. Um, and we had a planned episode to drop this week, but like Satter said, so much has been happening in the media. We know we have an audience. We know a lot of y'all value our thoughts and opinions on certain things. And this is just a good way for me and Saturn to process because we just texting each other like articles and this and that we're like sis what what is happening right now like <laughs> literally uh, so let's get into it so first on a serious note um we need to take a moment of silence um as many know um jacob blake was shot seven times in the back by police in wisconsin as he was getting in the car where his children were in the car he was shot in front of his children yeah this is just disturbing and disgusting on all levels as a mother of children myself i could not imagine um and this is not the first time right philando castile shot in front of a child and his um yeah and his partner so this is this is a continuous thing and we really need to sit in the seriousness of this and the uninterrupted podcast would like to take a 30 sec 30 seconds and just take a moment of silence to really just sit with that information um and really take a breath so we're gonna go ahead and start that now All right. Thank you all for that. Um, I hope that in that moment of silence, you had a moment to really think about oppression and the injustices that have been plaguing our world, our country for so long. Um, I hope you think about 
folks like Breonna Taylor, um, folks like Jacob Blake, who's currently still in the hospital, paralyzed from the waist down, um, the two protesters that were gunned down by a white supremacist um, in public, in public, y'all, this person got away because of his white privilege. And we still want to say we don't have an issue in this country. So I hope during that moment of silence, you all had the opportunity to really reflect and to think um, and to sit in that discomfort, sit in that discomfort that Black people feel all of the time. Jacob Blake's sister had a beautiful speech and she mentioned that yes. she did not shed any more tears because her family has been going through this for a long time. Eric Gardner, Trayvon Martin, Sandra Bland. These are our family members. These are our community members. These are our people. Black folks, we are tired. We are tired of having to wake up to news like this every other week. We are exhausted having to fear the police when we go out of our houses, not only for our sake, but for our family's sake, for our partner's sake, for our siblings, our cousins, our fathers, our brothers. It is exhausting. So exhausting. And as we talk about Black folks, I want us to also remember, and you know, me and Saturn often talk about this, how our movements need to be inclusive of all Black folks. And with that being said, we have to discuss the attack that happened on the three trans women in Hollywood, two of them being Black, two of them being our sisters, two of them being also our family that we are in community with. I mean, it was horrid. I'm not sure if our audience listening saw those videos circulating. It was absolutely disgusting. And for me, the most disgusting part of it was it was Black men that were harming them. Yeah. Black men that were trying to rob them. Black men that I believe beat one of the Black trans women over the head. I'm not sure with what it was. I couldn't really see quite in the video. But beat one of them over the head and knocked her unconscious. It was a Black man that then stood and tried to rob another one with a crowbar and threaten their life. Mm. What are we doing to each other? How did we get you, here? Let me tell y'all this. If your activism is not inclusive, mm. intersections of Blackness, and I mean trans folks, gay folk, women, any type of identity within Blackness, if your movement does not look like that, I want no parts of it, okay? And let me tell y'all something. Harriet Tubman was real when she said she had to leave some motherfuckers behind, okay? Okay, but okay. Head that she didn't want to march with certain people. I felt that because those men that attacked those women are, are individuals that I would have left right the fuck behind. Those men are the same men that I would not march with. And I, I'm, I'm sorry to say, actually, I'm not very sorry, but men, y'all need to get it together because these are the same kind of men that assaulted and murdered Oluwatoyin. These are the same men 
that that hurt our sister and she's not here and this is this she was fighting for black men she was fighting for black women she was fighting for our lives and she is not here today at her very young age to continue the good fight because a black man took her life what is the disconnect why are we not protecting our black sisters why are men why are our black men our black brothers not protecting us anymore or or ever or or i don't even know it went when it stopped where the disconnect is i don't know when y'all decided to side more with your manhood and patriarchy before your blackness and i know that you exist as one however there is an issue here that we need to address and please for the love of all that is good stop fucking blaming the white man for the reason why y'all don't show the fuck up for black folk for black queer folk and for black trans folks because every time i get in this deep dark hole with cis heterosexual black men it always comes back and loops around to well the white man well you know da, 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 da. well you know we're jail well you know we're da, 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 da. okay the white man is after us too but you don't see us shooting and killing each other that you don't see black women not getting in the streets not supporting but i also want to know before i go on and and get into that that there was also black women in that video mocking and laughing at those black trans women and those yeah. three trans women that were being attacked they were literally begging folks to call 911 begging folks to help and people and this is when i get so frustrated at this stupid technological era social media world we live in were rather get out their phones and, and film it then oh. get on their phones and call the police right like, and to and to even be in a position as a black woman as a black person as a trans person and call the police and want the police to come to your rescue is a very scary position to even be in i know personally if i am under attack i will really second guess involving the police so for them to be pleading and asking to bring in re reinforcements that have systematically, historically um, harmed us as Black women, as Black people, um, and for them as trans folk, I just can't even imagine the state of mind and the fear that they were in and the quick decision-making that they had to, to do to decide whether or not they were going to you know, continue on, on getting harassed and hurt or risk them bringing in uh, a group of people that can do more harm than good. And then now we've seen that charges have not even been made because of a quote unquote lack of evidence when there is a whole ass video circulating the web. Make it make sense. A whole video. And I just wanna say, because this is the realest thing, a friend told me this, and I really had to collect myself, one from getting defensive, and uh and two for just sitting with what she said right and processing it um but she told me that it is really cisgender heterosexual basically straight folks this is our problem 
and we should not be depending on trans folks. We should not be depending on non-binary folks. We should not be depending on queer folks to get out in the streets and fight for their rights because we created this problem and we continue to affirm and uplift it every day just by our existence, right? When we're not being inclusive in spaces and making sure they're welcome, when we're not saying our pronouns when we enter spaces, when we're not making environments where Black trans folks or Black queer folks or Black non-binary folks or Black disabled folks can exist Black folks with disabilities can exist in their full selves. It's really us able-bodied, cisgender, heterosexual folks that reaffirm these toxic ideologies. And it's really on us every day in our lives, every day in our actions to stop it and make sure it doesn't happen anymore. And to not get defensive when you're called in because I really had to sit with that. You know, I was like, yeah, I don't have the same issues when I walk in a space with my husband because that's what people expect versus if I was a black woman walking in the room with another woman on my hand you know you you people are automatically going to treat me a different way they're going to want to connect with me in a different way and we have to own that and understand that and make sure that we're constantly you know sending out vibrations in this world that move forward change. Right. And I, I often think about um, the privilege that I have being able-bodied and just something as, as um, simple or what I would perceive as simple from, you know, walking throughout campus, getting from one area to, to the next, from one class to the next, um, and how difficult especially the structure at UCLA was very, very difficult for, for disabled folks to maneuver throughout that campus. Um, and even just like the ableism that we see on a lot of applications, you have to be able to lift a certain amount of pounds and how ridiculous and discriminatory that really is. But you don't, in my, as you're applying, as an able-bodied person, you don't really see that and be like, oh, wow, like, this is kind of ridiculous. You're like, oh, I can do that, you know? Um, so constantly checking your privilege as, as a citizen of America, because that is also a privilege, um, as a cisgender Black woman, um, constantly having to check your privilege is really important because it allows you to really see others and to be an ally to others. Um, and that's something that even as an oppressed group, being Black and being women, we have to continuously do because there are other parts of, of the, the intersections that we don't necessarily identify with. Um, but speaking of Black women, let's get into this Tory Lanez and Megan the Stallion. Tory lame. Tory lame. <laughs> Tory lame. <laughs> Freaking lame. Um, geez, like I'm. First of all, let's acknowledge just like his complete rise and downfall during this entire pandemic. I have never seen someone rise from the highest to the highest, being one of the most popular people on Instagram to being, I don't even have the words 
to describe how disgusted and just repulsed I am by this man, this thing, this child. I just, you know, I always thought he was, I never was a Tory. Um, I'm gonna call him Tory lame now because it just fits him perfectly. <laughs> I never was a Tory lame fan. Same. Um, I don't know. I just, his music didn't really touch me how Same. it was touching everybody else. I was like, he sounds the same on every song. All he does is kind of just remake other people's other songs. Other people's <laughs> and, and honestly, it's no, it's no like hate on him, but like, I'm just really, you know, we have a different type of love for music. I really appreciate artistry. Um, and for me, I was just like, okay, it's the same. How can I feel like about Jarkees? Like, yeah, you can sing, but you ain't, you know, you ain't giving right. us nothing new, <laughs> nothing we ain't heard. Um, and so I, I, I'm saying that so folks can know, like, this is not also just like my disdain for him is not just like the he shot Megan thing. Like, I just never have been impressed by his demeanor and who he is. He's always seemed like he's tried too hard to me. And that could be, I heard folks talk about, um, he had a lot of little man syndrome just because oh, of his height. Syndrome. Yeah, he was he was really struggling with the fact that, you know, he, he was tinier mm-hmm. than most artists. Um, and I have, again, nothing against uh, smaller um, folks. But again, I, I heard, I had I, heard and seen from other celebrities and articles and, and blogs that, you know, this created a kind of negative energy that he would often have when he would hang out with people or he had to always prove himself. Um, and so his energy for me, it just wasn't it. And so when this came out, you know, actually interesting because when when uh, me and Saturn would often, when Megan was first like rising to the top, we would often see uh, that she was just, we loved her energy and we would see that she was just like hanging out with everybody. Mm-hmm. And I remember we would have conversations and we would be like, I hope sisters being cautious because, you know, everybody ain't your friend. And her energy just seems so awesome. So and like we yeah. knew people would connect with her. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so we just didn't want her to like, we knew her intentions were pure. She was this new artist. She was breaking out. She was excited, right? She had lots of energy. She's young. She's fun. Um, she's carefree. But we saw some of the people that were like gravitating towards her, some of the celebrities, and we were like, eh. <laughs> and I kind of felt that same way when I saw Tori Lame gravitating towards her. I'm like, okay. And then, you know, it, I saw a lot of like bestie comments under some pictures they would post and miss you, but it was always real friendly. So for me, I'm like, how do we go from, because I know she was also on quarantine radio a couple times, on some real fun shit, making fun hot girl shit. How did we go from friendship, fun shit, to now you're shooting sis in the foot after leaving Kylie Jenner's pool party, and now all of a sudden everybody thinks they fucking... What? Like... Where are people getting that? I honestly feel as though, because I never saw the narrative of Tori and Megan having relations until after he shot her. And my perception is 
people are trying to find some justification for his attack against her. Mm. People's perspective is so twisted and toxic that they feel as though the only slight justification for him harming her in any way, shape, or form is if he had some type of claim or ownership to her. So if they were having relations, if they were dating secretly, if they were, you know, secretly together or whatever, to people, it's somewhat of a justification as to why he would harm her in any way. Because I feel like people are so used to domestic violence squabbles or they're used to the idea of ownership rather than partnership um, that that is the only way it would make sense because of course you wouldn't shoot a friend but shooting a partner makes more sense to a lot of people and to me it's ridiculous he had no reason or right or there's no justification in the book for him to have shot her point blank period if y'all have not heard this from anyone if y'all do not understand this hear it today hear it now there is no reason for that man to have shot her i don't care what the situation was she we didn't have to hear the whole story for me to have felt and to say this there was no reason for him to have shot her i don't even know why i have to say this but i do there was no reason, point blank, period. No if, ands, or buts. No, oh, I need to hear the full story. No, oh, I need to hear Tori's story. It missed me with all but that. And the, I'm tired of people saying that. But that's the crazy part. Y'all did get the fucking full story and y'all are still like, well, I need to, this woman, black woman literally went on her live and gave us something we didn't even deserve no something we didn't even need and something she didn't have to do was relive her trauma she chose like black women always do to be sacrificial lambs to fight for what is right like we always do right. um and within her story i'm not gonna lie as a black woman watching that i cried because i could relate how many of us have been in situations where we said you know what this is bad but I have to protect this black man. I have to make sure she's okay. This woman got shot in her foot, both feet, by a man that she thought was her friend. And still, when the cops showed up, she did not want to place blame on this black man. Right. And still, once she got to the hospital, she still, even after assessing the damage, what had happened, she still was looking out for this man not going to jail, not being shot by the cops. And quite frankly, she was looking out after his career because she what? knew what the yeah. blogs would have done. Destroyed him. Mm -hmm. How do you? But this is what Black women do. This is what we continuously do for Protect. our men yeah. that shoot and kill us. And the leading cause of death for black women is at the hands of black men that they are in romantic partnerships with. Right. Why is this happening? And I think what was frustrating me is to see that people were 
surprised or um, in disbelief that she would protect him. Um, and we've literally seen this in so many cases of like domestic violence. Um, and domestic doesn't necessarily like have to be that they were in romantic relationship. And we've just seen it so many times, like, you know, survivors of domestic violence, not pressing charges, protecting, um, you know, their abuser and different things of that nature. So like, if you have some type of connection to someone and some type of bond, and, and it pisses me off when folks are like, oh, if I was in that situation, or if, you know, trying to, trying to reimagine it by placing themselves in it or somebody else, you cannot say what you would do unless you were in that situation. We don't know what Meg felt towards Tori to feel as though she needed to protect him. I don't know what I would have done in that situation if I was a close friend, if I, you know, love someone who harmed me. I really don't know. And it's really easy to be like, oh, I would have da 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 and like it couldn't have been me. Like I wouldn't have protected him. Yeah, you say that now, but put put yourself in that situation and, and then and then let's have this conversation. And if even if that's the case, even if you chose to go a different route. That is your prerogative. You cannot put blame on a survivor for how they reacted towards their abuse, okay? Because again, none of us know how we would react unless we were in that situation our damn selves. Okay, and that is that on that period. Sending love to our sister May. I hope she is healing thriving she got a number one right after that because sis deserved it i believe and I, the songs are on the billboards right now right she now poppin'. she's gonna stay popping regardless of this and i truly hope that even though i know she's going number one i still know the mental and emotional toll this takes on women specifically black women when they go through an experience like this because so often we blame the women for things like this um i do still hope sis is taking care of herself mentally um and really like surrounded by love and just people pouring life into her because um this was a big deal it was a it was a big deal and speaking of black women um, I also wanted to get a little bit into this stuff with Jaguar Wright. For our audience that doesn't know who Jaguar Wright is, don't trip because I didn't either <laughs> until <laughs> I dove into this tea. And I'm not saying this to be disrespectful because uh, Sis is talented, but I just, you know, I wasn't really aware. I also didn't really, uh, she's a bit older than me and I didn't really grow. I was an adult in the era when she was really popping. Um, and she checked out of music for, for good reason once I talk about it a little. But basically, Jaguar Wright is most known for being the singer on Jay-Z's famous song, Song Cry. Um, she was in the Unplugged, so if you want to go check it out, you can go to the MTV Unplugged and you can see her in there. She's covered a, a significant amount of time. And basically, she is a singer, a rapper, a songwriter. Think of like a Lauren Hill type. She just 
really can do it all, right? Produce, she's also really into bringing up like young, talented artists. Um, I've been um, on her Instagram extensively since I found out who she, uh, who she was. And I've just really been taking a deep dive into, cause I wanna know who she is. Like, who is this person? Um, and she seems to really love music, good music. She has a really good ear for music. She's really into like, bringing up musicians and writers, not just these big artists, right, that we see and we know, but a lot of the people that we don't hear about, the writers, and she's super knowledgeable. If you wanna check out her interviews on YouTube, um, she just knows the industry, she knows the game. So one, that on one hand, she's a black woman on the other and a black queer woman, actually. Um, and this just goes along the lines of how we need to continue to protect black women. So Jaguar Wright comes out, I want to say like three or four weeks ago. Um, she toured with the Roots for a while when she was first like coming up and uh, Common, Talib Kweli, and she alleges that Common sexually assaulted her on the tour bus one time. They were actually in a relationship, according to her. Um, also a member from The Roots. Uh, I believe it was Tyree or Tyreek. I'm not sure, I don't know all their names. Their actual names, not the names that they go by in the group. Um, and then that she alleges that Talib Kweli was like a looky-loo and a real perv, which we all should believe, because have you been following the Talib Kweli scam, the scandal on uh, Twitter, He's been harassing like a 25-year-old black woman, mm -hmm. having people send her death threats. I mean, it got so bad, Twitter banned the man off mm -hmm. of, and then he went on and continued it on Instagram and his podcast. So clearly he has a very predator, abusive uh, kind of behavior. But anyways, Jaguar Wright basically just really describes her experiences with touring with them. And when I tell you it was just so disturbing, it had me really checking, like, can I even enjoy their music anymore? Because these are what we would call, like, poetic, conscious rappers. Like, right. they're with the movement. Common talks about loving women so much in his music. Talib Kweli is so pro-Black. I mean, these are, like, artists, like, actual artists. I've enjoyed so much, so much of their music has defined a lot of my, you know, sad to say, a lot of my womanhood and, and the kind of like, like woman as a sense when I was in high school, kind of getting into that, that I wanted to be, I wanted to be that dope, artistic, like carefree, kind of mm -hmm. like hippie, pro-black, black woman, right? And they kind of spoke about those type of women in their music. So to hear her describe them and the opposite behavior and really just affirm this behavior that we're seeing now on a heightened scale of cisgender heterosexual black men in the media, it was really traumatizing for me to watch. Right. I mean, it's really unfortunate because we talked about this off, um, off, camera crystal um and how a lot of the men in the spaces that we work um a lot of the men in activist spaces the ones who know the language to use the ones who um do the most work tend to be the perpetrators and the really problematic individuals that um 
continue very toxic and abusive behavior. Uh, and it's unfortunate because you trust them because you hear them speak. Again, they know the language to use, yet they are being really toxic and really harmful to individuals of our community. Um, and, and it's really no surprise hearing about these men because um, despite them making good music and I do believe Common has had developed into a more co conscious rapper. Um, however, you, if you listen to a little bit of like his older discography, he was really misogynistic. <laughs> you know, he was very, you know, sexist and definitely perpetuated some of those like um, really passe notions. Um, and it's really unfortunate because these are often men that we would consider like the good guys, the men that we, um, you know, dreamt of being with and whatnot coming up. And we are both like real hip hop heads, real hip hop connoisseurs. Um, we all listen to that weirdo rap, like Nick said. So, so it's like, it's heartbreaking um, to, to realize this. And I've actually met Common before, as I mentioned to you. Um, and I definitely was not feeling the way he was acting when I met him. Um, I he wasn't like, you know, uh, abusive or anything of that nature, but it was his, it was his energy. It was his demeanor. It was his very like arrogant, um, just, he had just an arrogant essence to him. And it wasn't the type that like a confidence, it was more of a, I don't know how to describe it, but it was more of a, like, I don't want to be talked to by now I'm one of you niggas, okay? I'm here to, you know, shine and and this is all about me, which was crazy because I met him in a space, um, a very intimate space, and Angela Davis was also there. So I was just like, nigga, ain't nobody checking for you. <laughs> like, he had his, like, big-ass security there and, like, his security was, like, putting his hand up, like, whoa, 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 you can't, you can't even walk past him. And I was just like, excuse you, like, this is, this is, first of all, we were in, like, a VIP type of setting. It wasn't even, like, more than 40 people in that space and again Angela Davis was right there she had no security she was chilling she was you know meeting and greeting people and and <laughs> conversing with us and meanwhile you got comment with his big ass security doing the damn most and I'm like honey please have several seats ain't nobody checking for you right now okay <laughs> so you know what, hearing this, because this is this is the first time I'm hearing about this. I haven't really been on social media to to follow um, this story, but I'm going to definitely check it out now that you brought it up. Um, and I'm totally going to be taking them off of my playlist for sure. Um, you for know, sure. It, uh, ain't no music is good enough for me to listen to that to, for me to continue to support abusers. Point blank, period. Well, it's that whole conversation about, you know, can you enjoy the art without still not liking or supporting the artist? And I always tell people so much of people's, if you're a real artist, right? So much of you is in your art, your life, 100%. you pull from your experiences, you pull from things that inspire you, you, you know, so that's why you see so many singers writing about real life experiences that they've been through talking about relationships that they've gone through. So when you know this, and when you're a creative mind yourself or an artist, and you know this, 
you can't enjoy the art if so many of their art is embedded in a way they've been abusive, misogynistic, toxic, harmful. Like knowing for me, with knowing this information now, I could never go back and listen to uh, his song, Come Close with uh, Mary J. Blige. Uh, like what? After, after you, Jaguar Wright said that she woke up and this man's penis was in her face. He was trying to put it in her mouth. How weird is that? Like, that's just First so of all, that's weird. But now you want to think that you standing out a window with cue cards. Trying to serenade. To, your, to serenade to your supposed next wife. Definitely so we're, we're, we got to choose between that man and that man. I don't want neither no. of them because they're the same man. They're the same man. That the man who was holding up the cards to that beautiful deaf woman in that music video is not the same man who's trying to stick his dick in a sleeping person's mouth. Okay. No, no, no. I refuse to believe that. Um, therefore I will no longer be supporting these individuals. And you are absolutely right. As an artist, every ounce and bit of my work is completely inseparable from my spirit, from my being. Everything that I write, produce, direct is a part of me. Um, I can't even create if I'm not in a, in a certain headspace because that is how in tune I am to my artistry. Um, so for anyone to say that you can separate the art from the artist has never created anything in their life before or they just want to continue to support abusers and just and, say that and, and i'm like <laughs> just, just say, say that, that. <laughs> because i feel like they're just trying to justify and to to sleep with comfort knowing that they are supporting harmful people you know so where do we draw the line where do we draw the line between the r kelly's and the bill Cosby's of the world to the commons of the world because in my eyes they're both abusers all three are, all three of them are abusers so you know they could all get cut. I mean I feel like the line can be drawn or at least we can cross over that line to want to give them a chance when there's accountability you know right when people talk about this whole R. Kelly thing he's still saying he's not he guilty so right. I can't listen to your music sir you not you don't even want to admit to the harm that you have caused you don't even want to acknowledge that you have put you. black women through so black girls, let's talk about it. Black Girl. girls through so much trauma in their life, taken away from so many years of them having a healthy and normal life because you were a predator and a, a, and a rapist. So right. for me, you know, and I've been waiting every day. I'm checking common uh, common social media. Like, are you gonna say something? Because you literally just announced that you're now in a relationship with another black woman, right. Tiffany Haddish. So like, I, and I'm tired of people, I'm tired of also black women separating themselves from b protecting black women too. Because let me tell y'all, if I am ever dating a man and an article bloop, bloop, bloop surfaces <laughs> on my phone saying that he did anything to a woman, let alone another black woman, 
bitch, I'm packing my shit so fast. Get the I'm fuck like, about it. I need to hear what the hell happened from the horse's mouth, okay? Like, accountability is real. And it's something that a lot of these people, these individuals, will not acknowledge. And to me, I'm a full believer of restorative justice. Um, I've really been looking a lot into it. A lot of the work that I've been focusing in on has been restorative justice work. But restorative justice cannot exist without accountability. And accountability cannot exist without admitting that you were the demon. You were the devil. You were the perpetrator in this situation. And yes, yes, it's, I'm sure it does think to be the villain in the story, but not everybody can be a hero. And we are human. We mess up. But there's a difference between a Judas and a Peter. Peter acknowledges and redeems himself. Judas sulks, okay, and doesn't ever redeem himself. There is a difference between those two characters. So these individuals need to start choosing who they are going to be. Will they take accountability for their actions? Will they try to restore the hurt that they have inflicted on these individuals? And of course, we as people who have not been directly affected by them cannot speak on this. Restorative justice really just works between you know, the perpetrator and the survivor, and it is up to the survivor's destruction whether or not they want to forgive the person. But work needs to be put in. And I'm really tired of people feeling as though they need to, they can just brush things under the rug without actually putting work in. And this is exactly today why I still don't fuck with Chris Brown's stank ass, okay? Speaking of his stank ass, y'all, I am first of all he's a Taurus and sorry to all my Taurus but woo y'all some <laughs> Taurus men Taurus men <laughs> I, my sister's a Taurus and we get along fine but it's something about Taurus men that I just personally as a Pisces don't vibe with but which is crazy y'all are supposed to be compatible I don't know why I have no <laughs> I do not understand that that is strange um but speaking of this man, and again, I like same thing with Tory Lane. It's not because of the post we're about to bring up in a minute. I have not liked this man for a while. All this hype y'all been giving him, it ain't been coming from me. I just want to make that very clear. I stand in solidarity with my Pisces, my sis Rihanna, and yeah, ever yeah. since, ever since he did sis wrong, I was not messing with him. Like, not gonna lie. Uh, there would be a few bops if I was in a, a social situation, but like really supporting him, showing up to stuff, capping for him, no. Um, but we have to talk about his lack of accountability. And we have to talk about this because specifically with Chris Brown, what frustrates me is he does this thing where like he'll apologize but then retract it with some something else that's harmful as hell, whether it be a post or a statement or a gesture, like he always backtracks. So I think that's one struggle I've had with him specifically with trying to enjoy a bop or two when he comes out. Cause I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, he said, sorry. Or, oh, okay. Well, Rihanna forgave him now, but then he does some more toxic shit. And I'm like, okay, bro. Like I, 
you know, and I officially had to be like, I can't even enjoy the little bops or two you put out anymore because it's just a repeated toxic pattern at this point. And I'm tired of people letting him slide. So Chris Brown, I believe a couple of days ago, post this post and it's a clip from mm. the video uh, from his hit single hoes ain't loyal right and he posts this clip which the song whatever i'll give it to him it, it popped off when it popped off but it's nothing for us to be you know posting and remembering as if it was like a legendary iconic song although he felt so anyways he posts a clip of this video and in his caption starts to say how once again, him playing victim, right? He <laughs> says how, you know, it, this was, he's reflecting back on this video and how he was actually in rehab when they did the video and he had to get permission and they shot it in one full day and he had to get permission to leave rehab. And then right after he got out of rehab, he went to jail and this video was num went number one while he was locked up in jail. And basically empowering his fans to know you can be a trash ass toxic ass abusive ass doing drugs harming women ass man but don't worry because you will still have a number one hit song who does shit like that and y'all want me to listen to his music i first of all ain't nobody listening to his a hundred album songs okay <laughs> First and foremost. <laughs> Secondly, it's really frustrating because this man has a daughter and a son. And I really hate the narrative of like, oh, you have a daughter, you should be. He has a daughter and a son. He has a responsibility to treat women properly just because women are human. We are human. And secondly, you want to set a good example for your daughter and how she will be treated by men in the future. You want to tell her to not tolerate certain type of behaviors from men. You want to be able to be the example of a man in her life, the primary example, because our fathers are typically the first examples. That is the foundation for how we see every man in our life. So for him to be such a negative example for his daughter, and now he has brought a boy into this world, we don't need another Chris Brown, okay? We don't need another person who has these toxic tendencies and these, these abusive tendencies and just this very negative aura to him towards women. We don't need another one of these type of men running around in the world okay and for him to have a son now please be careful on what you instill your boys and girls because these are the this is a future generation here and we don't need any more women beaters we don't need any more abusive toxic just rihanna was not the only partner of his that he has abused he karuchi had to file a restraining order against him the neighbor um, at, at the time where, where Chris Brown and Karuchi were together, called the police several times because of domestic violence claims. There, there was evidence that he threw her down a flight of stairs. So just all of these things are just clear patterns. So him playing the victim is just a lack of accountability. And it scares me to think that he 
has a son and is bringing up another one of him in this world. And it's also, you know, I'm gonna just leave it at that. It, it's just frustrating because not only has he abused women and then continuously played the victim, no, apologized, and then still plays a victim at, at the same time, not only does he do that, he also doesn't let his victims breathe. He's right. continuously bothering and commenting on, on Rihanna's pictures. He was doing it to Karuchi for a while. Mind you, this woman is in a, uh, a committed, long-term relationship with a whole nother man that she's in love with. And on top of that, he then goes and gets a woman pregnant that almost identically looks like Gucci. Like we can't make this, this up, man. We can't make this up. I mean, he needs so much therapy, like daily at this point. Like, I, not only that, but the amount of claims that came out about women and his behavior and how he's always on cocaine and he has all these parties at his house and the just real like real toxic unhealthy stuff i mean it's on the internet y'all can look it up but that post to me was just really triggering and more so for rihanna and karuchi because i couldn't imagine you know having and we don't even know the extent of what they had to deal with we just know those big incidents right that made the media but i couldn't imagine having to see people constantly praise my abuser when he's playing victim for the things that he very well caused in his own life. Imagine yeah. that's still, we never talk about how that still affects survivors. Like how do we think they feel when they see us just gloating about them? And to top it off, all the women that were blaming Rihanna when it happened, all the women that were blaming Karuchi when it happened, like we have to start also, and this is specific to women, as specifically black women, because I am a black woman. We also have to start calling each other in for mm -hmm. how we perpetrate, you know, toxic male masculinity and how we uplift it in our communities. Because, you know, men are gonna do what men do. It doesn't excuse them but they're dumb, you know, they're not gonna, a lot of them don't check their friends. <laughs> Let's just be honest. A lot of them don't have these conversations, but women in our friendships, we have these conversations with each other and we have to be checking our sisters when they say dumb shit like this, because I be seeing y'all in them comments and I know cause I be checking y'all. And I don't even be knowing y'all, but I be checking y'all because I love y'all and I don't want to see y'all going out like that. Like this man don't care about y'all. He I, do not I mean, care. He's colorist, which is a whole other topic. Mm -hmm. And if you really ask me, I don't even think he likes black women. If 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 we really want to get into the to the deep, deep dive of that whole conversation. So it's really crazy to me when I see black women in the comments capping for him i'm like what what where where did we go wrong here like are we forgetting that he doesn't even like us when, when has chris brown done some shit for black women please let me know moment of silence on that. <laughs> 
Okay, the shade, the shade. But (laughs) let's get into these performative activists. Ooh, because they are everywhere. You know, I had tweeted, um, because celebrities been pissing me off lately. And so every time I get mad, I just go let out a little tweet instead of commenting under their posts. (laughs) Because I don't want the I don't want the smoke from they little fans. So I'll go and tweet it because, you know, they, they fans not following me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, w- I had tweeted the other day, like 2020 is really exposing a lot of these celebrities as just very inauthentic, checked out people that really have no idea. It's almost as if they're in bubbles and they they're so like away from what's actually going on with with people in normal day-to-day life that once they finally like decide to speak on something or do something it's just like wait where did you get that from and why are you saying this and what are you doing and a lot of it has been coming out in a form of social justice work or activism um, and I'm just to a point like me and Saturn were just talking about it. Like, do any of these people have publicists? Like, what is going on? So speaking of that, Masika, I do not know the child's name, the last name to save my life. I don't know her <laughs> last name, but she's basically best known for, I guess, being one of Fetty Wap's baby mamas and a video she was one of the earlier video vixens when they were like making good money and like the lead roles in videos and also loving hip-hop but she posted a very disturbing video where she is uh, has makeup on but the makeup is on as if she had been abused or hurt or hit um, and she's in lingerie, but her hair is done, which I also thought was very strange. Because <laughs> if you're gonna get beat up, your your hair gonna be messed up, right? Intact. Okay, baby hairs was laid. Um, but anyway, she goes on to post this video where she's acting, which it was terrible. Um, and she's saying basically how she's trapped in a warehouse and people have uh kidnapped her and she really needs help someone called 911 um and then in the caption she promotes an only fans basically saying like donate to set me free the internet goes crazy right everybody's like sis this ain't it there's really like human sex trafficking survivors and this is very triggering especially right now this is a very serious issue it's nothing to joke about and, and anybody that does social justice work or works with uh, uh, trauma, rape survivors, uh, domestic violence abuse survivors, I don't, I'm, I'm pretty sure majority of those organizations don't collaborate and work with OnlyFans. <laughs> so uh, for her to tag them, it was just like, sis, what are you doing? So she gets all this backlash and then posts another video basically saying like, ha ha, jokes on y'all. I was really just trying to raise awareness. I'm glad you came to my page. Now go 
to the Rose Organization, which is an organization that dedicates its time to helping, uh, to stopping human sex trafficking um, and helping survivors. And she tags them in her posts and basically says that she has the makeup on because she's shooting a film right now and she just wants to raise awareness and she has partnered with the organization. Fast forward, the president of the organization comes out, has no idea that she recorded this video, denies having any type of partnership with her, and is very offended because as a dark-skinned Black woman who leads a very powerful organization that she started from the ground up and works really hard, she's very offended that someone of her status would go on the internet and post these lies and connect her organization to OnlyFans. Um, and so Masika claps back because you know that's what she do and posts receipts, y'all. She posts this letter that she typed up herself with no letterhead, <laughs> basically saying that the organization had reached out to her because they wanted her to be a board member on the advisory board. The president of the organization responds, denies ever sending a letter, says that's not even her letterhead, and <laughs> says she has no idea where she got this letter from, but it wasn't for her, and ended with, I'm not the one to play with. Don't play with me. And we all know what that means when Black women say that. That part. But I'm bringing this up because I really want to talk about celebrities and performative activism like first of all i feel like sis just take that l you did something really stupid people came for you do not try to throw this organization <laughs> under the bus like like where is the humility where is like y'all right that was tasteless i'm sorry and trust to throw an org under the bus that actually does like really good work and important work just because you fucked up and did some stupid shit, just take your L. A black woman's L. organization at that, a dark-skinned black woman's organization. And we all know how much darker-skinned black women do for social justice movements, how many loopholes they have to run and hoop through, how much clout they don't get versus um, um, activists that maybe have more Eurocentric features or a lighter skin or have more popularity. Like this could really have tainted her organization. It was harmful. And for me, it was like, we know what you do, sis. Nobody is even checking for you to be a social justice advocate. Right. I think to me, it's really frustrating that um, a lot of these celebrities, quote unquote, D-listers, um, want to do this type of <laughs> Y'all can't see me, but y'all know Saturn be throwing that little shade. She said, quote unquote, <laughs> D-listers. You know, they, they, the performative activism is so real. And first of all, I know damn well. I seen that little video when it was posted. I seen it and it had nothing to do with that Rose organization. In fact, she hadn't even mentioned it until she got so much backlash. And then she piggybacked and was like, oh, I'm doing a role, um, proceeds or whatever will be, you know, donated to this org and da 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 da. 
initially she was just trying to get some clout to her OnlyFans and then try to flip it to say that it was a part of a skit or a, a, a role that she was filming and that she's actually a, an advocate for domestic violence and, and child trafficking. With everything that's going on in this world, with kidnapping, child trafficking, we just lost an activist um, from that same, a very similar situation. Why would you, even if that was your intention, why would you go about it in such a bizarre way? There is nothing in her noggin that should have, there, I just don't understand, like, where is your friends? As soon as she posted that, if she ran them all off. Clearly, because I would have seen the minute she posted, I was like, uh uh-uh, sis, uh uh-uh, take it down. This ain't it. This ain't it. Because to me, it's such a sensitive topic that I just don't see why you would use something like that to promote an OnlyFans. And I am all for, you know, sex workers and all this other stuff. But one, I don't even think that celebrities of her, um, type of caliber, people with like a significant amount of followers and people who get money from many different places should even be on OnlyFans. I don't think it's appropriate. I think it's for individuals who, you know, were working in in strip clubs and all this other stuff that cannot work anymore because of COVID and they are trying to protect their safety while also still gaining money. You know, I think- Let's talk about that. People- Let's talk and about that. It should that, not be actually. co-opted by celebrities who are getting endorsement deals, who mm. have their Fashion Nova uh, uh, partnerships and their their Pretty Little Thing partnerships. Like it's not fair for y'all who have tens of thousands of followers versus you know the stripper from a, a particular nightclub who cannot can no longer work because of COVID. Now she doesn't have any uh, coin or, or she can't gravitate enough attention because all these celebrities like Safari and, and Erica and Masika and, and are trying to take over that industry. Like to me, it's not okay. I don't support that whatsoever. And I definitely don't support that bird ass shit that that individual did. It wasn't funny. It was not appropriate and it was incredibly distasteful. And I hope she learns from this. And I really want her to just take, as we were saying, take accountability. Okay, stop trying to put blame on other entities. Stop trying to put blame on another organization that's actually doing the work, that's actually really about what they say they're about. Okay, and take, like, step your pussy up and take ownership for what (laughs) you did. All right, stop. Stop it. It's embarrassing. It really is. And it really just shows us how much celebrities are addicted to that fame and that cloud chase and really money. Because you know damn well a lot of them do not need to do OnlyFans. To me, it's really an addiction. It's really like, hey, I'm at home right now. Uh, My check is not coming from the normal production stuff that I'm used to having. So let me go quick, find another check. No, bitch, be broke like the rest of us and sit your ass in your house and just chill out. They won't even be broke because there's still other ways. Like a lot of these individuals have partnerships and deals with companies like Fashion Nova. So every post you get, you first of all, you're getting free clothes and every post, you know, you get a certain amount of money. I mean, more so like 
they're broke in a sense where they buy stuff and live up to the means they're on, right? So right. there's checks getting cut out from them not having production, but they still got this. You right. they still got four car payments, right? And a mortgage, and they're okay. used to that one income coming in. But for me, I'm like, just chill out, right? And and let it ride out like the rest of us. We're all losing streams of income. Stop going to take from other people's avenues that y'all weren't even in. It's a it's a sense of appropriating to me. Honestly, like y'all are really getting in lanes that y'all were not in and taking money out of people's pocket. And it's mm-hmm. sad. And it's like all, they're already posting that content on their Instagram. Right. So I'm like, what why is people paying to see the same stuff that you already post on your Instagram? It's really, mm-hmm. it's really sad to see. And um, I've noticed a lot of celebrities doing that. And I've honestly felt bad for a lot of folks that are are sex workers that had to transfer over to OnlyFans because now, you know, all these folks, of course, are going to, they're going to see a celebrity on, oh, I'm going to start, you know, paying them over there. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, if y'all don't just be happy with your 10,000 less for a couple months and, and let and let people get some coins like they need to get some coins because child i yeah. just can't but and i truly hope that yeah there's been a lot more performative activism that's been pissing me off and the main issue is that a lot of our activists want to be famous and that is the that's the core of the problem. And we talked about this, I believe in episode one or two, um, where we mentioned those fake Black Panthers that came suited up in their fake Black Panther gear and all of them just so happened to be aspiring actors and actresses. Um, And now we see folks like Gandhi and um, Portia Williams, uh, reality stars going on live while they're in jail. And to me, it it pisses me off the most because, you know, Portia Williams is a descendant of a very big activist, Hosea, um, from the 60s, who marched with Dr. King and um, was a really active member of this society, you know. So to see his, you know, descendant, having this performative activism and you know in in the the cop car just giggling and kicking it up and and you know to me it's a little bizarre that they constantly um keep getting brought to jail at every single protest they attend um and they're like the only ones that that it looks like they're going to jail so to me it's very bizarre it seems staged, um, and I don't see the purpose in recording the entire process if you feel obviously safe enough to be kicking the whole entire time. Um, and I've never known anyone to be arrested with their cell phone either. So it all seems very strange to me. And I feel as though a lot of these individuals are quote unquote at the forefront but they're not in the organizing planning stages of the protests. They're not helping writing any type of legislation to change laws. Um, it looks like they are marching 
really in vain because they have nothing to, you know, to push for. It doesn't seem like they are marching with the proper intent. Um, and it really looks like they're doing things to, to become popular and to add to their credibility and to add to their popularity. And as someone who is in this work, who does this on the date, literally on the daily, like every single day of my life has been activism and working for my people. Um, I'm not someone who boasts or posts or, you know, screams loudly about it 24 seven. And honestly, a lot of the times I'm honestly really afraid to even show when I'm at a demonstration or to, you know, to, to show certain parts of activism because I just do not feel safe doing so. And for them to literally be recording in jail doesn't something don't sit right with me about that personally i have so much so many issues with yandy and and her former activism and also portia um one you know i just want to say that she i think she's been getting backlash because i saw on her instagram that she posted a a picture of her back from like 2014 where she showed up um and i want to say was in support of sandra bland i think um so basically saying like i have been doing this right um and i before i kind of get into what i want to say i want to say that i do understand that there's all different types of way to support and be a part of this movement i completely understand that but on the other hand, I also understand that we also have to call ourselves in when our activism might be in the way of us actually getting things done. Mm. And what I see, mm. there's a couple issues of what I see with her activism. First, um, I just want to note that Black motherhood, and um, you don't have to be a woman to be a mother, right? Mothering, a lot of people do it. Um, but specifically black motherhood is the root of a lot of social justice movements the need for for black women for black um, fams for black trans women to protect their children right we see these as our babies to get out in these streets and to fight for our, our people um, so I get Yandy's and, and Portia's sense of feeling that urgency right as a mother to do something um, and on the other hand, as a black mother, I'm also like, what the fuck are y'all thinking? Why in the world getting arrested once? Okay. Continuously getting arrested when you already know the system that you're fighting against and you know, you have black children at home that you have to raise. I'm, I'm not putting myself that's when I have to stop and look at myself in the mirror and say, yes, I want to fight, but I need to be safe. I need to be here to protect my children. I need to be here to raise my children because I'll be damned if a police officer take me out or if they try to uh, uh, put some fake ass charges on me because mm -hmm. they're tired of me showing up and protesting. They're tired of my celebrity. Next thing you know, I'm fighting 
15 years and I could go away, especially because Yandy has already dealt with a parent being out of the house. I think for like seven years, Mandisi's was locked up. This is not a game. And this is the problem that I'm kind of having with their activism, because like Saturn said, the videos and the laughing and the singing Akon when you're locked up as someone that's been to jail, been to jail, I've been to jail. It, and I was only there for two and a half days. That is the most traumatic experience that I have ever been a part of in my life. I was not laughing. I was not on my phone recording. I was not enjoying being in there. It is disgusting. They dehumanize you. They belittle you. Jails are some of the worst places in the world, especially in this nation for people. And if they're really doing this work, they should know this. They should know that's not funny to be making jokes when you're getting locked up, singing the Akon song, videotaping each other. It is not a game. There is black people behind bars right now for crimes they didn't commit. Right. Mm. There is more sexual abuse, sexual violence, and, and, and just harm and, and, and toxicity inside these prisons, inside these jails, than, than sometimes there is in the real world for these people. Right. And this is not a laughing matter. So it's not only a call in for her to make sure her activism is centers the most marginalized and impacted people. It's also a call in for her as a mother, because right now in slow, there is a 20 year old black woman named Tiana Arada. I, I might be butchering her last name. That's facing 15 years up to eight charges, five felonies for protesting. They're trying to frame her for leading a protest and they arrested her. She is facing real time, a black woman. They are mobilizing all around the country right now to make sure the, to make the DA drop the charges against her, which he hasn't dropped yet for doing nothing but peacefully protesting because they said that she tried to incite a riot. And so you're getting arrested and laughing and joking about it and filming about it. These are people's lives. It's not funny. So even if it is serious that she is getting arrested, which quite frankly isn't, I think the police officers know who she is. They know who they are. They're not stupid. They're taking it easy on them for a reason. They're arresting y'all just to do it. But they're not really arresting y'all because I could tell you what a real arrest is. Tiana Arada can tell you what a real arrest is. Mm -hmm. I know lots of formerly incarcerated people are. Let's talk to all the people that didn't make it. Okay, that we're trying that all these black people that you're in the streets marching for. Let's talk about Breonna Taylor, that you are in the streets demanding justice. There is better ways to do this work, better ways that are respectful and center. And I also want to comment on that event she was a part of called Brianna Khan. That was also tasteless. You know, this is somebody that lost their life. We are not supposed to be promoting and doing social events off of Black death and Black people and Black names. Mm-hmm. I saw the Brebrecue. I mean, this it's gotta stop people. These are people's children that died. They want policy change. They want accountability. 
Some folks want cops arrested. I'm not a part of that. I want the system taken away, but I get wanting cops arrested. That has nothing to do with a Brianna Khan. That has nothing to do with a Brie barbecue. What is that doing to create systemic change? That's just like them painting Black Lives Matter on the damn street. Yandy, you getting arrested, Portia, you getting arrested doesn't do shit for our movement. We need y'all out here. We need your celebrity and your money and your influence out here. We don't want more of us in jail. And let me tell you, a lot of these individuals are better off just giving money. And it should stop to that extent because there are individuals that are actually doing this work and have studied this line of work and have been doing it for years and know what the hell they're doing because let me tell you something organizing a protest and any kind of demonstration that requires you to be responsible for thousands of bodies is terrifying okay because you as an organizer has to face the reality that one of your people can get harmed or multiple people can get harmed and you have to make sure you think quickly you have to be on your P's and Q's. And before you even go to the protest, before you even attend a protest, in the organizing phase, you have to think of every possible scenario, every good and bad outcome that can come out of any kind of demonstration that you are organizing or that you are a part of in order to ensure the safety of the people participating. And I just feel like these folks are not taking it seriously because they don't understand the weight that goes behind demonstrating and leading a, leading a movement to this caliber. This is not a game. We are actually trying to see change happen. And I'm not saying that these celebrities aren't, but they are so far removed from what it needs to actually be a middle-class or poor Black person, that their reality is different than ours. Having money sets you differently. It sets you up differently. And that is just a fact. We have to acknowledge the elitism and the capitalistic undertones and overtones in our society. It's, It's just real. That's just the reality. Having money puts you better off, point blank, period. And Yandy and Portia and all those richer Black folks, their experience is going to be much different than ours, simply because we have different streams of income, simply because we have a different amount in the bank. And that is just a fact. And these frivolous acts of solidarity by throwing a barbecue or writing Black Lives Matter, you know, on on concrete pavements, to me, they are just distractions. Okay, because until we talk about dismantling the system that has been impacting us negatively for so many centuries, I don't want, I don't care to see Black Lives Matter painted on some ground in Washington, D.C., okay? I have, I live 10 minutes away from D.C., and I have yet to go down the street to visit that, because to me, it means nothing if my people are still getting killed, if my people are still in jail, if there are still systematic laws that prevent us from actually making a change, if Black folks can't even vote properly in this country, I don't care about no Black Lives Matter, nothing written on the ground. And to me, anything that is said or done so easily, to me, is no longer radical. 
the 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 notion that Black Lives Matter, though those words are not radical enough for me anymore. I need some shit to shake the table still, okay? And if Mitt Romney can march and say Black Lives Matter and there is an actual change happening because of those words, it's just not, it's not, it's no longer radical for me anymore. At all. At all. It's not. Speaking of people writing something on the floor and then everybody like, oh, yay, the NBA. Let me tell y'all, I just want to, I just want to say right here on this podcast and I'm going to quote just because I have to give her credit because this is hers, Amanda Seals with I be knowing. That's all <laughs> I got to say. When they painted that or they put Black Lives Matter when the NBA was looking to resume and everybody was like, yay, NBA. They put the Black Lives Matter on the court and the players came out with their shirts and their this. And everybody was like, yay. You know, I held off because I was like, that don't mean shit. The, the owners still ain't said shit. Mm-hmm. The association still ain't made no changes within the league. I haven't seen nothing that is really progressive to where I should be out here capping for this league. Now, I will say, much better than the NFL. Oh, yeah. For sure, hands down. I always I'm say gonna that. I'm going to give credit where it's due. I'm going to give that credit, and I will stand on that. But the capping that I was seeing online for them doing just the bare minimum was ridiculous. And Kyrie Irving agreed. Now, Kyrie Irving, who we all know is a basketball player, he was stood firm against the NBA resuming when they were first in discussions about whether they should finish out the season or not. He spoke out and he was like, nah, There's too much going on with systemic racism and police brutality. Us playing is a distraction at this point to the movement. I don't think we should be a part of that. And he was even like, I'm willing to put all I got into social reform. I was with it. I heard that statement. I was like, yes, that's where we need to be at. That's real. My naive ass figured you know, people going to follow. LeBron James is always doing all his social justice in caps, mm. tweets and stuff. I was like, this is going to happen. They're not going to resume. Like Kyrie Irving made a statement. Other players are going to follow. Oh, no, no, no. They didn't. I get the. I guess them checks was right. Either mm. that or a lot of them just missed dribbling that ball. Because even LeBron was like, I believe I can play and fight for injustice at the same time. Fast forward to today. Well, I'll be damned. You can't play and fight for injustice at the same time, can you, LeBron James? Not only that, but it was the Bucks who I haven't been watching basketball because, like I said, I've been too busy dealing with real life shit. But I'm guessing the Bucks aren't the star team. I really don't know, but I have never heard of the Bucks being this you know, the Lakers are on that right. level, right? But the Bucks had to take it upon themselves to boycott the game unplanned and just on cue. Like, you know what? No, we ain't about to do this shit. Not star players. Not everybody knows them. They just sat with each other and emotions were high and they were like, you know what? We can't play. This is too much. Same shit that Kyrie Irving was saying just a few months ago. 
Then LeBron James asks, want to sit in the meeting and walk out and said, and this was coming from, this comes from sources. Somebody tweeted sources from the meeting said that he said the owners and the league is not doing enough. What were they doing two months ago, LeBron, that they weren't doing today? Because I'll tell you what, they were doing the same shit. Same. The same thing, bro. You thought a few shirts writing freedom and quality on jerseys and putting Black Lives Matter on the floor was going to stop police from killing Black people? And was, you know what, you, you gave everybody some entertainment. And guess what? It did exactly what Kyrie Irving said because it distracted the fucking movement until another Black man died. And then y'all had to pay attention again. And then you jumped on the bandwagon now because you know if you did it, people would have came for your neck. And ladies and gentlemen and folks of all, no matter what gender you conform to, this is what performative activism looks like. I just gave you a play-by-play because you don't (laughs) just get to be an activist for clout. You don't just get to say something. And I feel sometimes, and and you know, I feel sometimes LeBron James says stuff just because people expect that from him because he's done it once. Right. So now all of a sudden LeBron James is the NBA activist. No, he ain't great. He has a school. I give it to him. He does his work. He does what he does for Ohio. He's from there. I would expect him to do what he does for Ohio, but let's not create a activist out of LeBron James when there's three queer black women that are out here changing, getting people out of jail, changing policy, creating avenues for black futures. Let's Mm. stop giving these little players their little clout. Because let me tell you, LeBron James, and I could be wrong on this, but I have a feeling I'm not. It was a reason why he was voting to resume the league. And I bet you it's because it was a check on the line. And I bet you it's because it was negotiations between the league. Like, hey, you're a big player. We need you to support this because the players really look up to you. Come on now, bruh. Let's let's talk about it. I mean, it's it's really all mafia at the end of the day. It's really all um, who's signing your check. And Kyrie had the right idea because shit don't shake until you stop these white folk pockets, okay? And that is the reality at the end of the day. These owners of these uh, teams, until their pockets go on hold, nothing will actually change. And this this is the biggest incentive for there to be an actual change um, in, in some, to, to some degree, you know, we all know boycotting is one of the best ways to see social change. The, the, the bus boycotts, them motherfuckers' pockets was hurting, okay? When Black folks stopped riding that bus, there was actual change that happened that came along with it because we live in a capitalistic society. And the best way to incentivize folks to making a change. And it's so sad that we have to incentivize people to giving Black folks, you know, rights. It's disgusting. It's disgraceful. But in order for us living in a capitalist society to see change by getting them where they hurt the most, which is by hurting their pockets. And Kyrie Irving, kudos to him. 
for having that knowledge and for thinking in that strategic way, because it is absolutely correct. And not to mention, we are still in COVID, so folks weren't going to be going out to games like they normally did in the past seasons. You know, folks weren't going to be uh, tapping in as much because of COVID like they were in the past seasons. Yes, there's still, you know, uh, uh, props and merchandise and whatnot that they would still be selling and viewers and all this other stuff. But the, the NFL, the NBA, all of these main popular leagues are going to be taking a hit because of COVID. And for the NBA players to say, hey, let's not even play until we see systematic change is genius because these powerhouses, these rich, wealthy individuals, these powerful men will go back to their buddies on their little golf courses and be like, hey, these people ain't playing no games, all right? They are serious about this stuff and change needs to happen because our pockets are in pain and we care more about money than we do about anything else. So let's make shit shake. And I really, I really do feel like that is how the cookie crumbles. That's how the game rolls. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see the progression of this. I hope that they can truly keep it up um, because folks in certain positions do have the power to um, promote and instill some type of change um, because they are well-connected in some facet. So I really do wish a lot of celebrities would boycott a lot more things um, and encourage their friends to boycott a lot more things so we can actually see a true change happen in this world for Black folk. And don't please y'all, our audience, our supporters, please, I do not want to see y'all capping for LeBron James and giving him credit for this, um, for this decision. Because I know now the the Lakers and the Clippers have also decided to boycott their kids. Please don't make him the face of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, he owes Kyrie Irving and a big apology. And before we go, I just want to shout out the WNBA. Because women don't get enough credit for how we show the fuck up for men. What happened as soon as the NBA said we not the Bucks said, we not doing it. As soon as the Lakers and Clippers said, the WNBA made an announcement and a statement. The women also were like, we ain't doing it either. Here Once you. again, proving that women show up. We don't ask questions. Mm-hmm. We don't say, well, who all going to be there? We just show the fuck up because mm-hmm. y'all need us. Yeah. So reciprocate that. Please right. learn from that because not enough people was talking about that in the media. And that's the first thing I noticed. They, it wasn't no ifs, ands, or buts. They said, oh, statement, say no more. Oh, we gearing up, we battling, say no more. And this is exactly why there, the, uh, in Wakanda, the, uh, the warrior team, what was it? The army was all women because right. they knew what the fuck was <laughs> up. <laughs> I mean, and and I think the beautiful part about all of this is that we see we've been seeing a domino effect and other major leagues have also opted to no longer participate um, in their games until things change. So we'll see where all of this goes. Um, and we, as the lovely host of Uninterrupted, will definitely be keeping y'all posted 
Um, thank you all for tuning in this episode. We had a lot to get off our chest. And there's honestly still so much more we would like to talk about. Um, however, we will save that for later episodes, but we appreciate you all for tuning in each and every single Friday on Unedited.